Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfect Bell, football is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's right, 100%. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect Perfectville. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your third place Miami Dolphins. Part of the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag, streaming on Sirius XM and TuneIn Radio. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Doctor? Doctor? Well, it appears that the doctor... Once again, is on assignment, at least for now. But fear not, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest joining me here in the town of Perfectville before too long. I think you're going to like this cat. Um, But we'll get to that here in just a second. Until then, we're going to do a little monologue. Yes, that's right. Sam Marcoux going on a rant, which means probably the exact opposite is going to happen, knowing my track record of going on a rant on this show. But I've been alluded to this for about a week and a half. If you've been following the show, which I know you have. And it has to do with the fact that the Miami Dolphins have an opportunity with all this strife, with all this commotion, with all of this nonsense surrounding this franchise. I mean, you have Chris Nowitzki, who's out there saying that Tua Tungavailoa should never play for the Miami Dolphins again, that Mike McDaniel should be fired. You've got national sports media members questioning the integrity of everybody involved with this Miami Dolphins organization. And again, I understand that if Steven Ross was around, but he hasn't been. So it kind of makes me scratch my head because this team hasn't done anything since Steven Ross has been away from the team, and rightfully so. But nonetheless, you have people on places like Fox News, CNN, World News in terms of BBC, Canadian News, obviously ESPN, all the sports networks online, everything that goes on, questioning the Miami Dolphins, doubting them, saying that they were, you know... Uh, less than scrupulous in dealing with Tua Tungavailoa, that they're hiding things, that they're covering things up. And I'm here to say, I think the Miami Dolphins are on the verge of something. And that verge is being the black hat of the NFL, something that the Raiders have worn, the Las Vegas Raiders have worn for a very long time. And I think they've done very well with their fan base and with their team members and with their front office and everything involved with the Las Vegas Raiders to be the bad guy, to be the person that the NFL and everyone that surrounds them, they've leaned into that persona and they've done quite well, at least maybe not on the field, but everywhere else. And I think the Miami Dolphins right now 
shouldn't be the fish, pardon the pun, swimming upstream. I think they need to lean into this. I think they need to take the black hat off of the Las Vegas Raiders franchise and uh, adjust it a little bit for that big porpoise brain and drop that black cowboy hat directly on top of their blowhole. I think the Miami Dolphins need to be the bad guys of the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville. I think that is what I want to see the Miami Dolphins do. I want them to lean in. We know Tua Tungavailoa is coming back. I want Mike McDaniel. I want all of these guys, Chris Greer, everyone involved with the front office, to lean into it and go, yeah, you know what? We're going to do what's best for us. We're going to do what's best for Miami Dolphins. And you can say whatever you want about us in the media. You can talk about us on the radio, on television, on your blog, whatever it's going to be. And that's fine. We encourage it. Keep at it. We're going to post it in the locker room. We're going to galvanize our team around the bullshit that you guys are throwing at us. And you know what? We're going to scoop it all up. We're going to put it into a nice little package and we're going to mail it right back to you. Games the way we win games. We're not going to listen to the nonsense that's around this. We're not going to defend ourselves. We're not going to backpedal like a good cornerback or something the Miami Dolphins need right now. We're going to run forward. We're going to run towards it. We're going to be the guys that you say we are, and we're going to embrace it, and we're going to win, not in spite of it, but because of it. And I think the Miami Dolphins can do that. I think Tua Tungavailua can do that. I think Tyreek Hill and his leadership style is the kind of guy that can help galvanize this us versus the world mentality. And then you got Mike McDaniel behind him. If, if Tyreek is that vocal leader crafting it up saying, this is how we're going to do it. This is the game plan. Quite literally, this is how we're going to go out and shove it up everybody's ass. And that's what I'd like to see the Miami dolphins do run a three game losing streak. We tried playing by their rules. We tried being nice in the media and you can see it. You can see Mike McDaniel. He comes out right before the Vikings game and says, how do we, how about we try something that we haven't done all week and talk about the Vikings. And what's the first question he gets after that? Concussion stuff about Teddy Bridgewater, about Tua Tungavailoa. And you could see Mike McDaniel throwing his hands up going, okay, whatever. So I think we're on the cusp, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the verge of seeing the Miami Dolphins put on the black cowboy hat and just walk around being big dick daddy. And I like it. I like it. I think it's going to come out in Pittsburgh. I'm going to talk to our special guest here in just a little bit about what I think is going to happen on Sunday night. But traditionally speaking, the Miami Dolphins, when they have the big spotlight on them, haven't performed well, at least in recent years. I think that changes Sunday night. I think there's so many subplots to this game. You got Tua Tungabailoa coming back. You've got Tyreek Hill, who is a bona fide superstar, leading the league in reception yards on the Miami Dolphins as well. And oh, by the way, Brian Flores is on that other sideline. Mika Fitzpatrick is on that other team. So you've got all these little subplots to where it's lining up, especially with the way the Miami Dolphins are getting healthy. It's lining up, ladies and gentlemen, for what I think is going to be an absolute beatdown on Sunday Night Football. So we'll our guest coming up here. We're going to talk about ah, what happened in that Vikings game. If you listen to that Finston reaction show, I gave you my immediate thoughts. But our guest is going to join us, and he's going to talk to us a little bit more, a little more in-depth about what happened in that game and where the Miami Dolphins need to go. We're going to talk a little bit about, I don't know, uh, maybe some trade scenarios, maybe some uh, people leaving maybe some people coming in, and what does that look like? So we're going to get into the, all that and more with my special guest right after these words. Citizens of Perfectville, Dolphins fans, football fans of all types, are you looking for that perfect gift this holiday season to get the football guy in your life? 
Well, head to shop.believe.com and pick up the Cheetah Deuces shirt today. That's right. The very own swag, the very own merchandise, the official merchandise of Welcome to Perfectville can be found at shop.believe.com. You can find it in white, heather gray, or black. You can get it in medium, large, extra large, 2XL. So for the skinny guy or the fat guy and everybody in between, head to shop.believe.com and get the Cheetah Deuces shirt today. And thank me later, because they're going to thank you later probably with awesome stuff like high fives and hugs and everything else shop.believe.com joining me now is a very special guest on his own show ladies and gentlemen back in the saddle again the two-time yes two-time hall of famer the good doctor himself dr christopher cullen doctor welcome to the show my friend yeah thanks i I figured it was finally time to maybe uh make some time here for uh the show I helped co-found. So thanks for, I really appreciate you having me. Hey, every now and then we got to, we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, uh, every now and then you got to take a vacation. Uh, as I've been telling everybody, you've been on assignment. Uh, the, the reality is our lives are very busy. Uh, we're both, you know, coaches of, of our kids' respective sports. We both have careers. We both have families uh, and things don't always line up. And to top it off, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we both had microphone issues here. So Give us some slack. Cut us a little bit of slack here. We're we're working through it. We're uh, we've only been doing this for seven years, so we're still learning, everybody, and it's fine. But yeah, uh, you know, who's podcasting? You, you don't really hit your stride until the, a decade in. Yeah, yeah. It's like what Jim Florentine told us. You know, in comedy, it takes about nine years before you actually become funny. You know, we're uh, so a couple of years from now, this show is going to be just a okay, ladies Let's and gentlemen. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. So uh, until then, we got to work it out. Kind of similar to how the Miami Dolphins are working everything out as well. I would think uh, we, we talked about it on the Finston reaction show. And by we, I mean me, Chris, but uh, three and three started off three and zero oh against some really, really good teams. And then we lose three in a row to a couple of mediocre teams. And I would argue that the Minnesota Vikings are a good team. But I did say on the Finston reaction show that this was the first game of this three game losing streak that I thought the Miami Dolphins actually would have won this game if they were even reasonably healthy. If Tua Tungavailoa was the quarterback, for instance, we win this game as opposed to this mishmash of what we've had to deal with with Teddy and Skyler and Tua's concussions and everything else. Uh, agree or disagree? Um, I mean, I agree that I think Minnesota would be winnable. I think the Jets would have been as well. I think our offense looked way more competent with Tua uh, and our offensive drives would have been a lot more successful and they wouldn't even have those opportunities to put up 40 points. Um, but I agree. I think the Minnesota Vikings game was interesting because we went into it, my family and I, uh, expecting to lose. Like it was yeah. like one of those where just like, I, you know, if we even make it close, I'll be happy with it. The injuries are insurmountable. Armstead's out, Tua's out. Uh, you know, Howard's kind of back. Byron Jones is still out. So I was like, you know, what do we expect? Um, the fact that it was like obtainable before that uh, Waddle fumble, heartbreaking fumble at the end. Um, on that last drive to tie it, you know, or take the lead. That's where you're just like, you know, that's the team is a few players away and we're injured. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm happy for the Vikings skull. You're five and one, but man, I, I feel like they lucked out on that one. They did. They did a little bit. And again, if we even have a modicum of health on either offense or defense, I think it's a wildly different game. I'm not here to blame the the injuries, though. I mean, I think that's what the Buffalo Bills did and we are giving them shit. So I'm not going to do it myself. But what I would say is that our number one cornerback is Xavier Howard. He's dealing with multiple groins in terms of the injuries. Byron Jones hasn't played all season. Trill Williams was going to be a part of this defensive backfield. He went out during the preseason. And then, of course, you have 
Nick Needham go down with a horrific Achilles tear. He's done for the season. You have Cater uh, 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 Cahoo. So now we're on to the fifth cornerback, Chris, on the depth chart. He doesn't play. So we're dealing with Justin Bethel, who played outstanding. And of course, Noah Igbenagane, the defensive player of the week for the Miami Dolphins. Who would have guessed it? Uh, when you're up against that, and then you have a linebacking core that's not very good. I mean, the linebacking core is okay and passable if the defensive backfield and the defensive line are both working the way they're supposed to. In this game, really, it was the defensive line, and that was it. So you've got a unit in the linebacking core that's not very talented as a standalone unit, in my opinion. And then you've got a very injured defensive backfield. All you had was, could you get to Kirk Cousins and knock him down before he could throw the ball? And they did, they did fine. The defense, for all things did fine and really the offense was fine it was it boiled down to injuries penalties and turnovers you know two of those things you can kind of fix right away the other one you just got to get healthier which i think the miami dolphins are getting ready to do here chris so not to spend too much more time on the vikings i'll let you have the last word on the game that just passed but i want to shift to sunday night and this miami dolphins team going against the steelers because there's some things happening that i think are really exciting if you're a miami dolphins fan yeah, very exciting. Um, uh, again, Tyreek Hill is leading the league by like a lot in receiving yards. He's been everything you've wanted as a fan to, to give up the draft picks we have. He's been unbelievable. Doesn't matter who the quarterback's been. Uh, so great game for him. Another really good, solid game for Waddle. He was the reason for an interception on the drop, and he fumbled a ball trying to make another play. Can you get mad at that? I don't think so. I mean, it's a guy trying to make plays, and that happens. That happens. And you just move on to the next game. He was clearly frustrated, slamming his helmet. It feels like he let the team down. Um, it's a young guy, and he's had a pretty incredible start to his career. So he's due. He's due for, for a bad game. And honestly, it wasn't a horrible game. It's just critical turnovers yeah. will um, you know be the difference of a game when it's that close to a team with Justin Jefferson and, and Adam Thielen and Delvin Cook, who we bottled up for the majority of the game until that fumble. Until that deflating fumble. And, and look, people are saying you can't trash Jalen Waddle. I can absolutely trash Jalen Waddle. He played a bad game. I mean, he had 130 catch uh, uh, yards. Great. And, and you know, it, 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 that part of his game is fine. But he was the problem when it came to that interception. And he was the problem when it came to that fumble. And that fumble directly led to this deflated defense that had been bottling up, as you said, Dalvin Cook, the entire game to him just running rampant after that. So it's fine. I don't want to throw Jalen Waddle off the team. He's not in that category whatsoever. He's got enough goodwill that he can have a bad game. And to your point, the Miami Dolphins even took the approach here, I think, Chris, of just, hey, if we win this game, it's house money. But they t- they purposely kept Teron Armstead out. I have it on good authority. If you're a part of the OKS Fantasy League ever, you know this, that Teron Armstead could have gone. He could have gone in this game. But they decided it's not worth it. Let's just get him healthy for the next stretch of four or five games before the bye. And healthy, and this means resting even more. So they decided to keep him out. Austin Jackson, he's going to be back for the Steelers game as well. Tua Tungavailoa is going to be back. In fact, he's not even on the injury injury report this week, which is fantastic to see. Uh, So they had some decisions to make and they made some business decisions in this game, which was we're going to start a rookie seventh round third string quarterback in Skylar Thompson instead of Teddy Bridgewater, even though Teddy Bridgewater effectively could have started the game and played the majority of it. They decided to keep their their left and right tackle out. They decided to basically say, look, this is a game where if we push them and they get injured more, it's going to screw the season. So we're okay with losing this game. We're okay with losing this battle if it gets us ready to win the war. And I think that's what the Miami Dolphins did in this game. In fact, I know that's what they did. Looking at the injury report today here, Chris, first one of the week, 
Tua Tungabailoa, noticeably absent. He wasn't even on the report. So that tells you something. That tells you he's ready to go. He's laser-focused. He was itching to play last week. They didn't let it happen, and I understand why. This was always the calendar game right here, this Pittsburgh game. Once the concussion happened, this is when he was coming to come back, ready to come back. If you listen to this show and you listen and you read between the lines of what I'm allowed to talk about, you know that that's the case. I've also told you about Teron Armstead taking it off and coming back in this game. Austin Jackson's going to be back in this game. This is as close to healthy as we can get on offense that we've ever seen for this season, with the exception of like two drives against New England. So you're going to have Tyreek. You're going to have Jalen Waddle, who's fine, by the way. You're going to have your projected starting lineup in terms of your offensive line. Mike Isicki will be back. He had a good game, although he may be traded before this game. Who knows? And then you have Tua Tungabailoa back. So I am interested to see this offense, Chris, against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that is, statistically speaking, the worst in the league against the pass. So think about that. You got Tyreek Hill, number one in receiving yards in the league. Jalen Waddell, number five in receiving yards in the league. A revamped and revitalized Mike Kosicki, who is motivated right now. And Tua Tungavailoa coming back, looking to prove the haters wrong once again. And Mike McDaniel, redemption story. Three and three, getting back in the winning record. Oh, by the way, Brian Flores is on the other side of this bad defense. I'm looking forward to this on primetime. Yeah, Sam, this is a game I uh, had circled as well because it's one of those things where it's national TV, it's a home game, Tua's back. Uh, the national narrative is going to change with a good victory here. Um, the Steelers are coming off of a couple of just like uh, decent performances. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky may play in this game. Who knows? We, it, most likely it's going to be Pickett who had a concussion. He'll be playing a week later, which is just funny, but I won't get into that. Um, and yeah, you got a young rookie quarterback against this defense chopping at the bit with a home crowd that's going to be hot. That's waited all day for the game, night game, prime time. Uh, throwbacks, I believe, Sam, as you're perfectly wearing the shirt right now to indicate that I'm correct. Um, it's just everything is just looking millhouse right here because it's just a game where we need to win. The, the Vikings were an NFC opponent. It's not going to really ultimately at the end all be all come down to any kind of a playoff scenario. This, however, will. And you need to go out there with a um, um, wattless Steelers defense and take advantage of that and throw it all over the yard, make a statement. I think this is going to be a statement game. Uh, the Miami Dolphins' recent history on primetime, including against the Bengals uh, a couple of weeks back, we all know what happened there, has not been good. But this is set up for the Miami Dolphins to have success. Returning stars, returning quarterback, return to the victory side of this equation. I think they go four and three uh, after the end of this. And I do think this offense is going to put it on the Steelers defense. And I think they are looking to prove a point to Brian Flores. They're looking to prove a point to the NFL. They're looking to prove a point to themselves that they can rebound from this really, really just nasty amount of bad news that's happened over the last three weeks and come out of this, not only with a winning record, but with a victory against an AFC opponent, like you talked about and say, okay, now we've got the Bears, the Lions, the Texans, and the Browns, I think, not even necessarily in that order, coming up. So they have a very easy, quote-unquote, schedule moving forward here. They could be right back in the thick of this thing before you know it. Um, I do want to talk about Mike Kosicki, though, just for a second, because I had talked about a couple of weeks ago that the Miami Dolphins need to look into a couple of things. Number one, I maintain that Mike McDaniel should be bringing in two kickers every single week for the rest of the season. Agreed. Jason Sanders is on notice and he needs to have a job interview every single week at practice to earn his spot back on this roster. He has to do it every single week until he can get back to the Jason Sanders that we know he can be number one. Number two, 
I think Mike Kosicki wants no part of being part of the Miami Dolphins, and I think the Miami Dolphins want no part of Mike Kosicki being on the team. He was forced into action against the Vikings because Durham Smythe didn't play because he was hurt. So he had to play. And credit to Mike McDaniel, they at least used him the proper way, which is as a receiver. But I'm getting the feeling that Mike, Mc, uh, Mike McDaniel and this Miami Dolphins team doesn't really want Mike Kosicki anywhere near her. He will not be here on this team at the end of the season if he's not already traded. If you were in charge, if you're Chris Greer, Chris, would you trade Mike Kosicki before the trade deadline? And what would it take to get him off this team? Like, what is the compensation that you would take back to say, okay, I'm making that deal? Yeah, I'm on the complete opposite side of this okay. than you. I don't understand why anybody would want to get rid of a young, just absolute, like, mismatch of a talent uh, that has already proven that he can dominate and be a force for our offense. Um, you know, I, I get the whole like, oh, he doesn't run block. And that's what Mike McDaniel wants him to do. Well, I saw a video of him just absolutely pancaking 54 last week for the Vikings in the run game. You know, it's something that maybe he can do and hasn't been asked to do in his career. He's a big dude and he's fast. So he can absolutely do it with the right coaching. I just don't understand like why we were or were wanting to get rid of him. And if you're asking me what it would take, it would take a lot. Like I would want a first and a third or for, you know, or our second and a, and a third. And you know, I want something that's co- comparable to a, a weapon on an offense because it's not easy to replace. It's not a yeah. dime. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I think they just hate the fact that he can't dance and they're like, we can't have that lack of soul <laughs> and flavor in South beach. So they're going to, they're going to pawn him off to Amish country somewhere up in uh, Pittsburgh or Penn or Philadelphia. No, I, I, I don't think they like each other. And now this isn't the Jarvis Landry, Adam Gase situation, but I don't think they jive very well they don't it's it's like they have a healthy respect for one another but they aren't they're not buddy buddy and i'm getting the feeling that like if he go it's kind of like ivan drago if he dies he dies like if he leaves then so be it i don't think this offense is predicated on mike Kosicki. now he played very well against the minnesota vikings but again i question whether or not that would have even happened if durham Smythe is in the game because durham Smythe is our starting tight end Let's just not get it twisted right now. Durham Smythe is our starting tight end, and they like him because of what he brings to the blocking game. He likes They like him because of just who he is and his attitude and everything else that goes with it. I don't know that they have the warm and fuzzies between Mike Kosicki and Mike McDaniel right now. Maybe there's just too many Mikes, and they just don't like it. I mean, that happens with children. So maybe they're being children about their names. I don't know. But uh, for me, I wouldn't be that hard line. I would, you know, if I got a second, I'm, I am personally driving him to the airport to drop him off to wherever it is that we're trading him to a second. I think is way too high. If you can get a third, I think you're lucky. I really do. So I would take a third for Mike Kosicki and then maybe throw in a player. But here's the thing. Do the Miami Dolphins need to make that trade? No, but do they need to make a trade, which is like on a bigger scale? The Carolina Panthers are punting on the season. There's some talent there on the offensive line. There's some players out there. Christian McCaffrey comes to mind, although their asking price for him is absolutely stupid. Uh, You've got people in Washington, uh, whatever their name is these days for the football team, that whole franchise is in disarray with the owner and everything else looking for a trade. William Jackson, the third really good cornerback looking for a trade. The Miami Dolphins happen to have a need on the defensive back side of the ball in terms of cornerbacks. Is there a trade that you would like to see the Miami Dolphins go after? And if so, what position or what player? Yeah. Um, James, he comes into play there uh, from Washington for sure. And living here in Charlotte, uh, another name I would like to take a flyer on is Shaq Thompson, uh, linebacker uh, for the Panthers. You mentioned it before. We've mentioned it on the show. Um, uh, Landon Roberts is not it. 
Like he's just, this isn't 1995 anymore where it's like big, huge pads and we need a three down bat, a linebacker that can just stop Jerome Bettis three plays in a row. You got to be able to cover in this league. And Jerome Baker's barely handling it as well. Uh, Tyndall has made like one play all season in six yeah. games um, as a third round pick. So if you can go get a Shaq Thompson, who's not the youngest guy in the world, but if you can get him on the cheap, a veteran guy that's played with Keekley and Thomas Davis and knows what it's like to have a good linebacker crew, that's somebody I'd like to go after. Uh, Brian, Brian Burns is another one that's okay. I mean, he's great, but like, does he fit what we need right now? As far as pass rushers go, I don't think so. So I wouldn't give up the farm, but yeah, if you, if you can go get a Christian McCaffrey or a DJ Moore, um, and it's, and it's possible and it's not like killing you or someone on the line there for the Panthers, I, I would definitely look into doing it because, um, they're in the middle of like, not a fire sale because they want the job to look, uh, pleasing for the ne- next head coach, but there's definitely room to, to uh, pick at the yard sale, so to speak, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, and it's worth looking into. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're one or two weeks away from the Panthers saying, just come take our stuff. Just get it out of the lawn. Just get it out of the yard. We need to clean up. We need to move on. And uh, we're gonna maybe not, they're not quite that desperate yet, but they will be. But we're not the only ones out there. I mean, the Bills are looking at maybe Christian McCaffrey. There's some other people looking at Christian McCaffrey. Cam Akers is out there if you're looking for a running back. I don't know that the running back position is really what the Miami Dolphins need to be focused on. Raheem Mostert looks like the number one back when it comes to rushing the ball. Chase Edmonds has been a little off, but he looks like he's made a lot good. of people mad in fantasy. That's just he, say that. he, he certainly has, but uh, he, he's definitely a better option in terms of uh, like an outlet, you know, swing pass kind of guy, uh, kind of your change of pace third down back. So I think the Miami Dolphins are solid there, unless they're just going to give us Christian McCaffrey. I don't think you give up the farm for him. It's just, I'm curious. I do think we need help on that defensive backside. I, I just, Xavier Howard's not going to be healthy all year. I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is going to be a struggle for the rest of the year for Xavier Howard. Uh, Byron Jones, if we see him before the bye week, I, I would be shocked. Uh, Keon Crossan is going to come back at some point. Kahir Kadu, Kadu, Kadir, whatever the guy's name is, the young undrafted rookie. I, he's, he's a great story. Do we want him covering Stefan Diggs down the stretch? Probably not. You know, so you got to find somebody that you can put back there that can somewhat do what Xavier Howard and Byron Jones do, which is to live on an island. You know, they're not going to be as good as those two guys. William Jackson III's not going to be, but he's better than what we got. So I, if we're going to make a trade, one of two. One, I trade Mike Kosicki and get back what I can get back. And or two, and maybe it's the same trade, you got to get a defensive back into this mix. We just need a healthy body at this point. Because Noah Igbenogane, like, he played well for Noah Igbenogane. And he, we're grading on a scale. In Minnesota, he knocked away two passes and we're a lot Hall of Fame, you know. But, but Zach Thomas can wait another year, put Noah in. One of his knockdowns, change. too, he clearly had the <laughs> opportunity to catch that and yeah. uh, has never done it before and went, ah, football, and just like slapped at it in midair. It was the weirdest looking defensive play ever. I was laughing. We're not doing elite tweet or delete tweet this week, but I was laughing at one of your tweets because, like, no, Igbenogany finally made a positive defensive play and it still wasn't good enough for you. Like, catch the freaking ball. And I still hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I still hate him. That's, I mean, that's, that's the exact opposite of Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle has a bad game. We're like, it was a bad game, but everything's fine. He's got enough goodwill. No, Igbenogany has the good game. We're like, not enough. You didn't do enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all right. He's still making, he's taking, he's got months to make up for that Jacksonville game alone in London. I, uh, 
Yeah, that's true. That's 100% true. But, uh, you know, look, it, it's good to have, uh, we're, we're talking to special guest, Chris Cullen here on Welcome to Perfectville. <laughs> uh, he's joining us finally. We're, we're able to kind of sit down and find some time here. Uh, but let's talk about it. Sunday night, Pittsburgh Steelers, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins are coming in, getting healthier. Pittsburgh Steelers limping into this game. You have the Brian Flores slash Tua Tungavailoa, you know, kind of sub- text sub uh storylines here a they don't like each other b2 is coming back from concussion protocol and c you've got a team that if they lose meaning the miami dolphins are now gonna have a losing record four in a row is that a snowball effect and you have the steelers team that right now i don't think has an identity chris are they going to rebuild are they going to try to double down and, and make the playoffs with the winning record again with mike tomlin and company uh how do you see this one playing out uh sunday night all right, so here's the deal. We almost beat the Vikings with like our eighth string quarterback defenders true. and people hurt with Kirk Cousins. Now, not the best quarterback in the world, but Kirk, he's Kirk Cousins. And uh, Adam Thielen and uh, Dalvin Cook get pretty much shut down and Justin Jefferson. Now you're coming in with what, Devontae Cook or, or Jackson or Washington or Williams, whatever his name is. It's Deontay it's like Johnson. Johnson, yeah. It's, it's one of those common names. Um, it, that's it. That's all I'm worried about. Pat, Pat Fairmuth is like limping into this game with a concussion. I know because I have him on two fantasy teams and he's done nothing for me the last two weeks. And then you got Kenny Pickett, rookie with gloves on, coming down to Miami. His hands are be sweating like a sinner in church, playing against his defense. There's going to be uh, revenge on the mind when it comes to Flores. I honestly think he's going to come out and try. He's going to be in Tomlin's ear. Tua, you know, he's coming off the concussion. Let's pressure him. They're going to send the house. And I think Tua is going to eat them alive on the quick passes, slants, and things of that nature, Sam. They don't have Watt rushing him. You told us already before that their defensive backfield is not looking hot. The crowd's going to be insane. It's national TV. It just all makes too much sense, Sam. And since I have not been on the show for a couple of weeks, you're going to get optimistic crazy, Chris, from before. And I'm going Miami Dolphins 37, Steelers 17, and an absolute barn-burning blowout where Teddy Bridgewater finishes the game in victory formation because Tua's done enough. He's done enough. 37-17 Miami Dolphins over the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer and the good doctor himself has. I've got it 28-10. Very similar outcome here. I think we just drop four touchdowns on him and say, okay, we're good. We're good enough. Let's move on. I think Tua Tungabailo goes for over 300 yards. This is a statement game for him against Brian Flores. And he don't think that he has forgotten about that. He may have forgotten about the hit that happened to him in Cincinnati. He may have forgotten about the ambulance ride. But don't forget the fact that he has revenge on his mind against Brian Flores in this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I also think you're going to see both Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill go for over 100 yards. In fact, combined, I'm going to put the prediction out there, Chris, over 250 for the two of them. I think we find them early. I think we find them often. I think they get out there and they run in space. Don't forget that there's a guy in the defensive backfield for the Pittsburgh Steelers that Miami Dolphins kind of hate as well, named Mika Fitzpatrick. So this is a game where there's a lot of little subplots going on, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we do and to the dismantling of the Pittsburgh football Steelers on Sunday night. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I got it 28-10. You've got it 37-17. to Either way, no matter how you slice it, it looks like the Miami Dolphins are going back to the victory circle for the first time in a long time, first time in October even, um, which is going to be exciting. Well, and here's how I know we're going to win, Sam. They haven't won since we've done the show together, and here we are. So here let's are. let's just call a spade a spade. Perfect feels back, and so are the Dolphins. There you go. We got throwback jerseys. We got prime time. We got Tua Tungavailoa. We've got Brian Flores. We've got 
everything that you could possibly want in a Sunday night intriguing matchup. No more Russell Wilson and Denver Broncos on primetime. We got actual people with actual quarterbacks playing in this game. I'm excited. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to say before, uh, before we let you go in terms of being a guest on your own show? Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, hope it's a more common occurrence and uh, appreciate the fans listening. And, and seriously, thank you for everybody dealing with uh, Sam and I scheduling issues, mic issues, family issues, things like that. Hurricane issues. It's snowballed, but we're back. Let's not forget about the fact that you did have to go through a hurricane as well. I mean, there, there's there's quite a bit going on in the lives of Chris Cullen and uh, maybe not so much, but a little bit of Sam Marcoux as well. So uh, we appreciate all you guys out there, the citizens of Perfectville. Uh, we are still part of the Believe Network streaming on Sirius XM and TuneIn Radio. And if you have the Local Now app, you may actually see the video broadcast of Chris Cullen and Sam Marcoux as well, uh, which maybe we have to start wearing pants, Chris. I'm not sure. but. Uh, Nope. Camera's nope. chest up. We're good. There you go. TV 14, baby. We don't, uh, we have no pants here. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Oh, how did you do in the okest fantasy league ever, Chris? Uh, goodbye from perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Later. I yeah. I lost. I was projected to win by a lot and I lost, um, not doing not great, Bob, not great, not doing good. So well, we'll see. I'll be back in the chat hearing it from everyone. I'm sure. I don't want to brag. I'm, I'm four and two. I'm hanging in there and I beat race. Who is the defending champion? Uh, it's kind of like when a team loses the Super Bowl, but then beats them in the regular season next year. It's like, haha, now we're even not really because he beat me in the finals last year, but uh, I got him. I got him back a little bit. So uh, I'm doing quite OK in the OK fantasy league ever. And uh, I, you'll get there. We'll get there. congratulations sam thank you just like podcasting it takes seven years until we're good at fantasy football so yeah we're only in like your three of this league four yeah we got some time we got some time so all right everybody well that is going to do it for sam marku that's going to do it for chris colin uh chris good to hear from you good to talk to you good to see you uh anything else you want to say before we get out of here that's it fins up fins up well on behalf of chris colin myself and the entire believe network presented by betonline.ag the only thing left to say is goodbye from perfect bill later thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.